This series gives you a direct line to the pinnacle traders. We're covering everything from when the odds are initially posted to looking at how the market might react. This is the opening line. Welcome to the opening line. Week 5 has flown by so it's on to week 6. The Pinnacle Traders have posted the opening odds, so here to help run through those numbers is Adam Chernoff. Hello again, Adam. Flown by is correct. We're already nearing the, the third of the season done, so looking forward to week 6. And how was week 5 for you? We got them pretty good in week 5. Pretty good week overall. A, a little bit to be decided in Monday Night Football, but... When you're looking at either eight and zero or six and two, uh, you can't really complain. So it was a really good week altogether. Glad to hear it. Well, we'll move on to the first game of week six. We got Carolina Panthers playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's another game from our international series, and the traders have opened this one up as a pick'em, and the over/under is on on forty six. So plenty to consider here. We've seen one game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. How do you think the market might react to this one? It's early in London and it's late here in Alberta, but if we want to move right to Sunday, we can get to that. Do you want to do Thursday Night Football with the Giants and Pats first? Uh, Yeah, go for it. All right, so Thursday Night Football is Giants-Pats. It's still early. We're still getting there. We'll work our way through the pod. Um, 15.5-point favorites for New England. They opened up uh, about 14.5-point favorites. So we've already seen a point of movement just in the couple of hours since this price hit the market. I don't know what stops it from getting to 17. Um, The Giants had a lot of support in their game against the Vikings, which set up a very nice spot for the Vikings in week five. But a lot of disappointed batters, and I think a lot of people sort of realized, oh, this is Daniel Jones, and maybe we were a little bit high on them. But also a ton of injuries for the Giants at the linebacking court in the secondary on the offensive line. We'll see if Barkley gets back in play. But I'm not sure what stops this from getting the 17. And as with any New England game, the under taking a ton of attention as well. So this total wouldn't surprise me if it gets down below 44, if not pushes towards 42, as we saw last week as well. Yeah, I'm obviously eager to get onto the London game, I think. I, I don't blame you. It's <laughs> going to be a good one. So there we go. We'll move on to the Panthers at the Buccaneers. As I said, a pick at the moment, over-under of 46. Um, what are you thinking for this? So it, it, this gets interesting, and it's a lot of speculation, but uh, it's a small sample size just because these games are so limited. Now they're becoming more popular. Uh, we saw the Chicago Bears go over, and they left Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon sort of East Coast time in the United States. And that means they arrived in London midday Friday. And so they had just about 48 hours in London with the time zone adjustment to get ready for their game against the Raiders. And they come out and put together one of the worst first half performances we've seen from a team ever, especially any team against the Raiders. So there's been a lot of discussion about how teams are handling the travel The Raiders, of course, went over to London very early in the week and had the full week to get acclimated to the time change and all the conditions and put forth a fantastic effort, came away with the victory. Now we get a very similar situation where Carolina heading over uh, Monday morning, so they're going to be there for the entire week. Tampa Bay, they have one of the largest coaching staffs in the NFL, about 25 different coaches, but they also employ 
a lot of sports scientists. And there's been a lot of back and forth in articles that have come out about this team and how they're handling certain situations. They're leaving later than any team has ever left for London, not leaving till Thursday evening, East Coast time in the United States, which means they're not going to get to London until about 5 or 6 p.m. in the evening Friday, which is going to give them even less than two full days to prepare for this game, uh, which kicks off early morning here in the North America on Sunday, um, earlier in the day in London as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle this sort of situation that we've never seen the team in before. Um, in terms of the number, really from a matchup perspective, it matches up well for Tampa Bay, and we'll get into that probably more in detail on the preview podcast on Wednesday. But currently, uh, as you mentioned, one-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't think this touches three either way. I'm not too sure if we see this swing back through zero at one-and-a-half. My gut sort of feels that it's a little bit high from a power ranking perspective as well, giving the Buccaneers, as it is a neutral field, a one-point advantage over the Carolina Panthers. Probably a little bit high as well, but usage rates and defensive injuries really factoring into this one for Carolina. We'll see how fresh McCaffrey is on the Justin week. He struggled in week two after a high usage rate on on week one. And this is really now the second time of the season where he's going to be tested, becoming a huge part of this offense. Uh, A lot going on here from the total perspective. I think I can confidently say that's going to continue to push up towards 49. Uh, But from the side, it's a little bit of a question mark at the moment. Yeah, and why on earth anyone would want to put off a trip to London is beyond me. Well, I've done. I I was saying on another show that I did the ice trip for the show in February, the big gaming show. I, the first year I went, I did the fly in late, get ready for the show the next day, and I, I haven't been that sick probably in the last fifteen years of my life. So I, I don't recommend the flyover late situation in any regards of course i was fueled with a little more steak and ale pies than the tampa bay buccaneers may be but uh, i don't recommend the fly late strategy going over to london so next up we got the cincinnati bengals at the baltimore ravens this one actually opened up at, at 10 and a half um with the over under at 47 we've already seen plenty of money on the ravens and they've gone out to to minus 12 um so it's an interesting one here with with early action coming in pretty quick what are your thoughts i was surprised to see the total tick down half a point and i think that's probably a little lack of belief within the market that cincinnati is going to be able to move the ball against baltimore uh but just from a numbers and grading perspective we're looking at two secondaries which are both in the bottom six of the nfl so i certainly think there's opportunity for both teams to move the football in this game so i'm a little surprised to see that total come back would expect it to probably get back to 48 flat if not push it towards 49 um, from the Baltimore side perspective, I think it's a great spot for them to get right. And it's a bit difficult to say necessarily get right coming off of a win within the division. But now going home against the Cincinnati defense, um, I really think we see that Lamar Jackson passing attack we saw from weeks one and two of the season really come through in this game. I don't think Baltimore has any issues moving the ball. Obviously, an enormous number. Not sure what stops us from getting potentially even higher as well. You'd think that it's probably maxed out at 12, but I think it's it's more likely to push towards 13, 13 and a half than it is to come back towards 10 and a half, which are really sort of the two bookend key numbers around this number of 12, which is stuck in a bit of no man's land. So uh, I certainly think there's a ways to go with this number yet. And then we've got another one, interesting one in the New Orleans Saints, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, opened up as a pick We've already seen some early action push New Orleans out to minus one. 
Um, the over-under was on 44, now currently sitting on 45. Um, it was another win for New Orleans at the weekend. So do you think we're going to see the market move on them even more? And more importantly, do you think that's the right move? So there was a ton of influential money against the New Orleans Saints last week. That price with the Buccaneers, it opened around six and a half, was bet all the way down to three before kickoff. So there was plenty of money opposing the Saints. And that was really based off of what we saw from the Saints in the two weeks prior, some back-to-back fraudulent wins against Seattle and then against Dallas as well, where the numbers really pointed against the Saints and then suggested that they should have won either of those games. Then they put together a very complete performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have been one of the more hit-or-miss teams in the NFL throughout the first five weeks of the season, putting together fantastic performances and then following it up with complete duds. And they really came out with a dud on Sunday at the Saints. So I'm not really sure what to make of that New Orleans win yet. Was that really a big correction for the two weeks prior, or is that just New Orleans taking advantage of a Tampa Bay team, which is coming off a cross-country travel spot of their own, off an enormous offensive performance that just couldn't keep up? Uh, it gets interesting with Jacksonville, too, which is a bit of the opposite. They went into Carolina, played a game which the traders were very strong for Carolina a week ago, ends up the Panthers win by eight. But really, from the numbers perspective within that game, Jacksonville put up uh, one of their highest yards totals in the last couple of years. Minshew, and it pains me to say this, looked pretty good moving the ball against the Carolina Panthers defense, which is a lot higher rated than the market's really giving it perspective for. So a game will break down further in detail on the Wednesday preview show. But from the number perspective, I think the total move up makes a lot of sense from 44 to 45 probably holds there for much of the week. But again, much like the Carolina-Tampa Bay game, this this point spread really a big question mark. And I, I hate to leave some of the listeners hanging, but I think this is a game that doesn't hit three either way and just sort of lingers in no man's land. And if the market wants to take it one way and we see some influential money come in with these numbers not mattering too much in terms of the implied probability when you're dealing between zero and two and a half, uh, the market, whoever enters the market with enough influence is going to be able to take this pretty well anywhere they want it. So we'll move on to the Philadelphia Eagles at the Minnesota Vikings. And both of these two teams had, had wins at the weekend, but against fairly low-level opposition. So the trades have opened up Minnesota as favourites at minus three, while the over-under is on 44. Now, it seems that we've seen some early money move the market already, Um on the other the other games but there has been some money coming in on minnesota but obviously not enough to move it yet so what do you think here i think it's probably going to hold at three for much of the week uh, and when, if anything with the total it's going to tick up probably see 44 turn into a 45 uh, i of the two wins on sunday i think that the minnesota vikings were far more impressive eagles got by the jets just 4.5 yards per play which it doesn't really matter who you play in the nfl um not a number you want to put up especially against a defense that has as many injuries as new york um and as many issues as that team has as a whole the eagles defense the numbers look like they play great and that's a really really big step up given all their injuries but again you're playing luke falk 1.7 yards per pass that's the lowest i have recorded in an nfl game in the last number of years so uh, a bit of a, a sort of a performance you have to look a little bit deeper into. Vikings, very complete all the way around. Um, again, I think we'll maybe see a little bit of over money come in and drive this price up a little bit. But uh, a number that I feel was well thought out from the trading team ahead of this, just considering it's going to be a pretty high volume game overall for wagers uh, with two very appealing teams that draw a lot of money within the market. So uh, a pretty good number set by the traders on this one, both for the side and 
and the total. And now we've got the Washington Redskins at the Miami Dolphins and two pretty poor teams here, if we're being honest. And we're actually down to a single-finger single, single finger handicap on the Dolphins. Um, the Redskins did open up at minus 4.5. Again, we're not recording much after these numbers have gone up, but already we've seen that drop down to minus 3.5. The over-under is currently on 41. And, I mean, the Dolphins have been so bad and the market has kind of struggled to adjust to that and people still think there's enough there to kind of take them on the handicap in some games. Do you think we'll see more of the same here? And again, is that is that the right move? Yeah, the last two weeks they've taken some money towards the end of the uh, the end of the week. So this is a bit of a surprise to see them take money early. But you really look at what Washington has put together the last two weeks has been far from impressive, as, and, and it's completely flipped the perception within the market on this team around a full 360 degrees. So this was a team that went and took some money against the New York Giants two weeks ago to now go has seen the market go the other way against the Miami Dolphins. So quite a big swing in how this team is going through. Jay Gruden ended his press conference earlier this afternoon, according to Sunday night, obviously, saying, if my key works on Monday, I'll still be working. So he's almost conceded that he's going to be let go as the head coach of the Washington Redskins. When that happens, we don't know. It may happen first thing in the morning. He may make it through this week. But overall, pretty difficult situation for this team, which has nothing going for him, going to play in the Miami Heat. Um, not a surprise to see this number come down necessarily. You can almost make the case that Washington is in a worse situation as a franchise than the Miami Dolphins. So um, a absolutely horrible matchup setting up for Sunday. But from the market perspective, the move down makes sense. I have to think that this total maybe be a little short at 41. Uh, might see this one tick up to 42 or higher. Now we've got the Atlanta Falcons at the Arizona Cardinals. And again, it's one of those games it, it seems pretty close to cool. Um, Atlanta are just about favoured here at minus two and a half and a relatively big total on the board at what was 15, now 51. Notes from the traders suggest that there's potential there for the total to get even bigger. Obviously, we've already seen that in the time that we started recording. So these two teams they haven't re- attracted much market interest over the season. Um, is there anything in, in these numbers that think you think might tempt betters in? It's an absolute green light on the over. And this was one I hit immediately. It opened earlier in the day. Um, I don't think that there's anything that stops either of these teams from moving the ball in the opposing secondaries. You can make the case that these are two of the worst four secondaries in the NFL. Tons of injuries on both sides of the ball. And I think a lot of betters are just waiting for Dan Quinn to be fired so we can finally get a buy-low situation with the Atlanta Falcons. Certainly not seeing it here with a a two-and-a-half-point price tag on the road at Arizona. But overall, this is a game that's going to be played in controlled conditions at the stadium in Arizona. You get two teams which are willing to throw the football at high rates against poor secondaries. Um, Teams have been naming their number against the Atlanta Falcons all season. Uh, Really no concerns for me about the Atlanta Falcons offense. Plenty of concerns for me about this Cardinals defense, which suffered a couple more injuries in the game against Cincinnati, which will be worth monitoring. Uh, but absolute green light on the over 51 right now. I think it gets to 52, if not higher. Um, this is a game absolutely agreed that the total is going to be bet up uh, with the side. Uh, I'm not sure it gets necessarily to three. If anything, maybe there's a little bit of appetite for Arizona within the market. We saw the Cardinals take on money last week on the road at Cincinnati. That one went from four and a half all the way down to three. Obviously, the betters rewarded, so they could very well return to the market here and bring this number down. doesn't take much to move it from two and a half down towards Pickham, so um, could very well see Arizona money, but definitely 
uh, green light here on the over. And now the Dallas Cowboys at the New York Jets, and no surprise to see Dallas favourites here. Um, originally they were opened up at minus 7.5, potentially that fallout from them getting put away from the Packers is already moved out to minus 8.5 though. Um, the over-under is on 45, or was on 45, dropped down to 43.5 already, so plenty of movement again. How do you think the market's going to see this one as we move through the week? Sam Darnold got first-team practice reps Wednesday and Thursday at practice before being ruled out Friday. So you have to suspect that with the performance of Luke Falk and how that played out last week, that he's probably going to get the reps this week and be given the opportunity to start at home coming off of his illness, uh, which has kept him out for the last couple of weeks. I don't know how much of that is necessarily priced into this number. Um, obviously, the market's saying that 7.5 was too short. At 8.5, it puts a little bit of a dilemma for the traders to deal with, um, considering that this number, if it remains at 8.5, regardless of if Darnold is announced in or out, this is going to become probably the most popular teaser leg books have dealt with uh, for the first six weeks. But I would go on a limb and say it's probably going to be the most um, liability any that the traders will have in a teaser for the entire season. Um, if it stays at eight and a half, everybody is going to be teasing this down through the seven, through the three in favor of Dallas because there's absolutely zero market support for the Jets. So um, from the traders perspective, depending on that news, it's obviously a big piece of news on the Darnold status. Um, dealing with the in, inflamed and swollen spleen, which is obviously a huge health concern. But um, depending on that status, we'll see. But from from my perspective, just from a risk management point, uh, I would have to take this to nine, if not higher. Um, leaving it at eight and a half is is a pretty precarious situation to be in from a bookmaking perspective. So from the total perspective, coming down to 43 and a half makes a lot of sense. Jets are not scoring, not moving the football. They had one first down in the last couple of games. There were some ridiculous numbers coming out um, last week because they played the Eagles. So um, makes all the sense to see this number coming down. And now we've got the Tennessee Titans at the Denver Broncos, and the traders have opened this one up at Denver minus two and a half. It looks fairly solid there, considering what we've seen elsewhere in the market. Um, we got a low over under at forty, but it seems like that could actually drop even lower according to the traders. So do you think there's anything in these early numbers that could see some action come in? This is a terrible side to get involved with either way, I think. I don't know how anyone can really trust the Titans at this price point to go into Denver and get a win. That home field advantage at the altitude slightly reduced now that we're working our way into the middle of October, uh, but still existed to an extent where you're getting this matchup with Tennessee, not overly familiar with those conditions. Broncos off of a really big get-right spot of their own against the L.A. Chargers last week. So we finally saw what this team can be, but that wasn't without mistakes made by the Chargers of their own as well. So even though the numbers pointed to a dominating Broncos win, which you have to respect, um, Chargers certainly didn't really give themselves the benefit. So a bit of a misleading scoreboard from that perspective. So the price here makes sense. Um, not sure I can really get to the extent of saying that these two teams are equal from a power rating perspective as the numbers suggesting, but you add in a little bit of a higher home field advantage for the Broncos and the side makes sense. Total, as you mentioned right now, 40, that's not going to last. Uh, probably see this get down to like a 38 and a half by the time we get to kickoff on Sunday. And that's, that's all we've got on the board at the moment. So is there anything from the other games that jumps out to you? Is there any games where you're intrigued to see what those openers look like? 
I could potentially throw out some numbers I'd sort of speculate on. Obviously, with Monday Night Football, we've got Cleveland and San Francisco still off of the board. Um, unless there's a pretty extreme result in that game, probably going to see the Rams open as like a three and a half, four point favorite at home hosting San Francisco. Um, and then Seattle on the road at Cleveland. That's a really interesting spot to watch for just because Seattle's putting together a couple of great results, drawing a lot of attention within the market, winning on primetime games as well in big matchups. So I, I think going against Cleveland, which still remains one of the most popular sides for betters of any level um, so far through the first five weeks of the season, that's going to be a really interesting number. And again, this really depends on what happens uh, in Monday Night Football. But if we're just assuming a bit of a neutral result, we might see Cleveland probably open at a little less than a field goal, uh, which brings in an interesting spot where potentially the traders could take a little bit of a position um, with the Seattle Seahawks and that one, knowing that they're going to get plenty of uh, monies and support for the Cleveland Browns and anything less than three. But from a matchup perspective, given the Browns' secondary injuries, I think Seattle can certainly exploit that as they're starting to put together uh, much better game plans. And then uh, other than that, it, it's really just a short card overall. Houston, Kansas City, probably the one game we which doesn't have a, a lot of question marks around it. Going to see an enormous total in that one. I wouldn't be surprised to see 55-56 again. Uh, and then from the side perspective, probably Kansas City right around a touchdown home favorite. So that one's going to be a lot of fun to watch on Sunday morning. Well, thanks again, Adam. A pleasure to have you on as always, and I look forward to speaking to you again later in the week. We'll talk on Wednesday. And for anyone listening, all those early prices are available on Pinnacle.com. And as I said, remember to tune in later in the week, and we'll be previewing all of the Week 6 matchups in more detail. Good luck with any bets, and remember, please gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly.